Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So, um, Jesus is God of the door, is what the Lord told me the day after Easter. And I was like, well, I don't understand exactly what you mean by that. And he took me to the conversation um, that took place at the Passover table in John 14 through 17. You know, Jesus taught a lot during his three years that he was with his disciples. He had a lot to share. He had a lot to say. He basically said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you about the kingdom. I'm going to show you about the kingdom. And I'm going to release you into the kingdom. And any good church should be doing that very same thing. We should be teaching you about the kingdom. We should be training you how to operate in the kingdom. And then we should release you into operating in the kingdom on your own. Amen? Amen? That's an apostolic church. So Jesus, when he's having this conversation at this Passover table, he actually doesn't talk about the kingdom. He talks about how much he loves his dad and how much his dad loves him and how much they love us. And he brings it all back to the whole reason why he did what he did. God so loved you that he gave himself for you. That he was willing to go to the cross and he said, it's not, I'm not looking for a bunch of workers. I really want my family to come home. It's not complicated. Love is simple. We just have to let go. So he's having this conversation with them at the table because he says to them, there's a door that I'm going to open. And you're going to come through this door. And I'm going to come through this door. But this table and what I'm serving at this table, it's really important for you to understand. And so when he's talking to them, he's saying things in chapter 14. He's saying them again in chapter 15. You know, we broke it up into chapters, and he's just having a conversation. He's, he's telling them about, about the, the bread and the wine. He's teaching them about communion, which was symbolic of his love, of his unity with us. I want you to partake of me as the bread of life that came down from heaven, the word of God that is living and active. And when you eat of me, you will become one with me. And I want to talk to you and teach you about this wine. And, and, and in this place of, of drinking of me, you're gonna be covered and protected. You're going to, it will cover you. You can, all, everything will pass over. And you can enter in behind this door of safety and provision. And so as he's saying these things and, and talking to us in these four chapters, he says several things. I numbered them because I know you like numbers. Um, turn in your Bibles. We're going to start at John 16, 
um, verses 13 and 14. He says this. Just yell when you're there. All right. Thank you. However, when he, the spirit of truth, come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And then here in John 16, verse 15, I want to read that one more time. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What he's saying is that it all begins with the Father. Everything is initiated from the heart of the Father. He's the one that is universe. The Father is the one that initiates every word and deed that the earth is going to receive. Just incredible. So during these four chapters, he says these six things. He says over and over and over again, the Father loves me and I love the Father. The Father is in me and, and I am in him. We are in you. And here's the thing that a lot of us don't understand. And you are in the Father. Yes. He said in, in chapter 14, he said, I actually am going away because I'm making a place for you. I'm making a place for you in the heart of the Father. Ed, that is what the wine is all about. Thank you. Thanks. And again, he said this. Now, this is not, the, you know, the big fluffy bread that we all like so much. I ate a lot of that on my vacation. Just got back from Florida and was like, bread. <laughs> I don't care. I'm here. How much weight could I possibly gain in the next three days? <laughs> Right? This goes through a woman's mind. Yeah, we measure it. But that wasn't the bread that he served. It was the unleavened bread. Do you know why? Because he said, I'm about to send the spirit of truth. Here's the thing about the spirit of truth. It has no leaven. It does not have the leaven of the political spirit, and it does not have the leaven of the religious spirit. It is truth from heaven and into the earth. And what it does is it changes everything. The third thing he said is this. Ask the Father anything in my name and it shall be done for you. John 16 verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Verse 23. And in that day you will ask me 
for nothing. Most assuredly, I say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So he said, I want you to pray to the Father. I want you to pray to the Father. I am the door. Jesus is the door. And in my name, that door will be open to you. In that name, you will have power. Jesus is the door that opens up power. Number four, he said this, that your joy may be full. Incredible. He's talking about this. And he's so invested in the fullness of our joy. He's about to go to the cross. And suffer an incredible death and torture. But yet, he's so invested in communicating to them. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be a little nervous. I'd be like, so I got to tell you some things. I wish I could remember, but all I can think about is, you know, they're going to pull out my fingernails in about, you know, an hour and a half. Right? I'd be a little nervous. But he's so invested saying, listen, In this place, you are about to receive the fullness of joy. You are going to be blown away. And then this incredible thing happens in chapter 16. All of the sudden, and I want you to turn to 16 verse 26. All of the sudden, they get it. So he's talking to them for like two hours, right? He's telling them all of these things, chapter 14 through chapter 16. He's telling them these things over and over. As the Father is in me, I I am in him. And and we are going to be in you and you're going to be in us. And they're just like, and and, and I've got to go away. and, And where I'm going, you will know. And they're like, Oh, we don't get it. We don't get it. What are you saying? Where are you going? When are you leaving? Should we make plans? Should we pack our bags? And he's like, no, no, you don't understand. I have to go because when I go, the spirit of truth is going to come and he's going to be your helper. And they're like, what are you talking about? They have no grid. You have a grid because you have this. You understand, but they didn't understand what he was saying, but he needed them to get it before he left because the Holy Spirit had to fall on something and it had to fall on revelation. They had to get what he was saying before he left. And so he says this, where am I? Verse 26. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray and and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. And then it hits them. This epiphany. His disciples said to him, see, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this, we believe that you came forth from God. And Jesus answered them again and he said, do you believe? So all of a sudden they go, wait, wait, you are the father and the father is you. We no longer question this reality. 
And then he goes on. And again, these are broken out into chapters, but there he's just having this conversation and he goes on in 17 verse 1 and he takes the whole chapter of 17 and he begins to pray everything that he's been talking to them about in 14, 15, and 16. And he says to the father, now, 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 I am going to ask you, I'm going to come before you for these that are sitting before us or before him. But not only was he praying for them, but he was praying for you that you would have a revelation that they just got. So listen what he says. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given, and he's saying me, authority over all flesh that I should give eternal life to as many as you have given to me. Okay, so I'm putting it in first person, all right? Then he makes this astounding statement, and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And he said, when they understand this, when they said, we understand, we know now. This is not head knowledge. This was revelatory knowledge of God that created a foundation for Pentecost that the fire of God would fall on the understanding of a relationship that, that, that he was saying what's coming is that you are about to be united as one with me on the inside of you, that you will be the very living temple vessel that walks in the earth and the three will come together as one in this place. Just phenomenal. Hallelujah is right. So what I love is he said, listen, back in, in, in 16, verse uh, 13 and 14, he says this, I'm going to send you the helper. And he's going to do what? He's going to guide you into all truth. So you don't have to be afraid. What is truth? He said he's not going to guide you into some of the truth about some of the things. He said he's going to guide you into all truth about all things. It covers finances, relationship, the shakings of the earth. Now, you've heard me say this before, but everything is shaking that can be shaken because God is pressing the whole earth towards his son. He's taking away every idol, everything, and he's pushing us towards the truth. There's only one truth, and that is a truth that comes from heaven. And right now, that truth resides on the inside of you, which is why he's saying you need to open your mouth. You need to say what I say, and you need to do what I'm doing. And what I find fascinating is he talks about the Holy Spirit. And he said, whatever he hears, he will speak. I was like, the Holy Spirit has ears. <laughs> I mean, think about that. The Holy Spirit has ears, and he's, and he's listening. And this is what we should be doing. You know, when we hear things in the media, propaganda, whatever, we should be listening to the Holy Spirit and asking the question, what do you think about that? Because he's got something to say. Okay? All right. 
So, John and I just got back from vacation. It was so much fun. It was good. But we're on our way down there. Mallory called me, um, and she was like, have you seen the weather? And it's like, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it's got like, I think we have a slide. It was like rain, 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 rain. Seven days of rain. It was quite impressive. I was like, oh, in my vacation. And so immediately I had a knowing. I was like, yeah, no, that's not true. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen on my vacation. So John and I went. And we were praying, and we were just, like, declaring and just speaking to this thing. And uh, so the next morning, we wake up, and I, and I look outside, and it, the sun is shining. And I'm like, the sun is shining. So I look at my phone, and this is what I saw. Sunshine, 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 sunshine. So again, you know, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. Do not mess with my vacations. <laughs> um, but I, when, when um, Mallory called me and she was like, can you pray? There was a, a knowing that I had, and it was absolute. I didn't have to try to work it up or whatever. Actually, I asked the Lord, I said, can I, can I, can I do something about this weather? He said, yeah, I'll move it north. And so I said, okay. I'm so sorry, Atlanta. <laughs> But I'm laying on the beach, and, um, and the wind is just terrible. I mean, it was just, like, bad. And it was so bad that um, we actually had a double uh, red flag, which means uh, riptides. And so it was pretty dangerous. The water was, was crazy. Um, but so I said, hey, uh, okay, Lord, let's talk about the, let's talk about the wind. <laughs> You know, it was great what you did about the sun. And he said, well, we can get rid of the wind, but the rain is going to come. The wind is keeping the rain. Nor the, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, all right, we're good. I'll do it with the wind. That is, yeah, thank you. All right, so um, the sixth thing that they talked about in, in, um, in chapters 14 through 17, Jesus spoke about, is he talked about, um, unity and glory. Um, and I want you to turn to uh, chapter 17, verse 22. And he's praying for you. He's not praying for the disciples that were there in front of it, for those that would come and hear their word. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that we may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you, that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. You see, this perfection that he's talking about is the same perfection that Paul talks about in Ephesians 4. He said, look, I'm going to give you the fivefold ministry until you come together in the unity of faith. And a lot of teachers talk about that and they say, oh, this is when all of the denominations will come together as one. That is not true. 
I'm telling you, that is not true. There were no denominations when he was speaking this. He was talking about the unity of faith with the Godhead. He was talking about when you get this, when you come together, what happens is you will actually grow up into the Godhead that you will no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. No, what are you going to be looking at? What are you going to be doing? You're going to be following the cloud by day and the fire by night. You are not going to be tossed about. You're not going to go to the right or the left, but you're going to get hold of that and you're going to follow him. You're going to do what you see him doing and you're going to say what you hear him saying. That is the maturity of the church and what is coming to this generation. We have to get a revelation of this Godhead and, and begin to see ourselves rightly one with him as he is with the father as Jesus is with the Father, as the Father is with Jesus, so we are one with him. That's our identity. He lives on the inside of us. Have you heard about this guy, Nikola Tesla? Okay, so Nikola, he's a, he's a tremendous inventor, probably one of the very few geniuses that have ever lived on the earth. And he said that the whole earth is held together by frequencies and vibrations which of course is biblical because we know that God spoke the earth into existence. And so when he said, let there be light, everything responded to that word. It wasn't just the word, but it was the voice that came along with the word. So there is something called a resonant frequency therapy device that has recently been developed and patented and what it is, is it is a, um, it's a device that, that releases frequency, okay? The frequency at a certain megahertz sound, okay? And so what they did is they developed one of them and they were testing it to see what the effect of this frequency would be on physical elements, Okay, they found that when they put another sound frequency with it, that it sympathized with what the other frequency were, was doing, and it actually began to respond to it, and they came into alignment. When they came into alignment, this, it hit the cellular level of people and began to heal their cells of cancer. And so these two, as they became harmonious, the two became one and actually began to create life. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about what happened at Pentecost. Because at Pentecost, a sound came. There was a man named Jesus who is God of the door. He opened the door so that a sound, a frequency, vibrations could hit you. And the very word of God that's coming out of you has the same resonance as it did when Jesus was walking on the earth. As Reinhard Bonnke said to me, all you got to do is let the lion out. The same 
voice that Jesus had when he walked the earth lives on the inside of you. And when you speak, he speaks. So John and I are on the beach. And because we're on the beach and the wind is howling and we've got the riptides, there's a patrol. Now, we've all just gone through all the masks, right? You know, our, my grandkids are running around on the beach. What do they want to do? They want to get in the water, right? But typically, yeah, I want to get in the water, whatever. Well, so there's a patrol going by every 30 minutes called code compliance. They've got it written on the back. They've got badges and everything. And they're like, stay out of the water, stay out of the water, stay out of the water. Well, of course, you know, they're trying to keep us safe, which I get. I totally get. So day three of this, they had become so aggressive in stay out of the water that if you happen to be walking on the beach and the water comes up and touches your toes, they blow a whistle at you and yell at you, get out of the water. We will fine you $500 if you're in the water. There was a woman that went to rinse her chair off in the water. What did he do? He blew a whistle. And I, by day three, I was like, yeah, I think I've had just about enough of this. <laughs> and John's like, babe, don't do anything. I'm going to have to clean up. <laughs> so this, old, this man comes by, and, and on day three, I march around. <laughs> it's like, so I really want to talk to you about this water thing. Because I, I, I do not agree with what you're doing. I said, I'm, my grandkids can't even get in the water. And he start, so he starts to tell me how my grandkids are going to die if they get in the ocean. And I was like, seriously, I don't think so. They're at their ankles. I mean, what are we talking about here? So he and I talk, we debate back and forth and back and forth. He gets his little pad out to write me a ticket for $500. And John's like, um, excuse me. And so I was like, so how many of those tickets can you get me in a day? I mean, I had this whole thing mapped out. I'll give you $500. My kids are getting in this water. And he was like, well, if I write you a ticket and you still get in the water, we'll have you arrested. And I was like, okay, Barney Fife. <clears throat> no, seriously, I was trying to be very respectful. But at the same time, they were, they were being overzealous in their patrolling of the beach. It, it, was, it was such a killjoy. Nobody was having fun. Well, kind of. So... After I had that conversation with him, it was really weird because I noticed for the next three days, we still have the riptide. We still have the double red flag, but Barney Fife was gone. And I was like, what is going on here? And, you know, I believe just like it was with Paul when he was, he was followed by that woman who was annoying him in uh, chapter 16 of the book of Acts. And she was like, you know, these men, they're going to tell you what you must do to be saved. Well, she was saying all the right things, but he finally turned around being annoyed and said, come out of her. <laughs> so sometimes being annoyed could be just righteous indignation. But what happened, I believe, is that there was a resonance because there was a lot of people that talked to these guys. But the resonance, the frequency, the vibrations in heaven met earth and Barney had to go home. <laughs> Amen. So everybody on the beach after that got to get in the water. So you're welcome. <laughs> Glory. So we had a little Pentecost there. So when Pentecost came, the sound came from heaven to earth. 
that frequency, that resonance came down. And what it did is it landed on their mouth so that the things that they, they began to say as they aligned themselves had power. And he said, this is for prophecy. In other words, this is so you can change everything. Prophecy is just another word for the spirit of truth. So, so as you release this, it should shift and change the weather. It should shift and change people's lives. Absolutely. When you prophesy, you activate. When you prophesy, you ignite. It's the place where we build up. We tear down the bad things. We build up the good things. And we encourage the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. The good news is <clears throat> we don't have to try to be good. We just have to follow what he says. We just have to follow the cloud by day. And the fire by night. Jesus is God of the door. And he said, what you ask in my name, what you ask the Father in my name, I'm going to do for you. And in this place, your joy will be full. He was so invested in us having the fullness of joy on this side of heaven. This is eternal life. Not that you get your ticket punched, but that you would know me. Let's stand. Riley. Well, Father, I thank you. Just close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you for the revelation of this love, the greatest love story that's ever been told between the father and a son and the son and the father. God, we just say to you today that we want to listen to this conversation. We want to give ourselves to this, this beautiful dialogue that you're having. I thank you that voice is like the sound of many waters. And that in it, it sets us rightly in place. God, I thank you that we don't have to be smart or clever. We don't have to be good. We just have to hear what you're saying to your son. just declare today that your words are the words of life and in this place is the fullness of joy 
Father, I thank you that with all the pressures of the earth, the shakings, that there's a voice that causes us to be free and to have peace and understanding. That there's a truth, God, that you have provided for us. And that's all we need to know is you. So we love you today, God, and we bless you and we thank you. We honor you for all that you've done for us. Father, I ask you that you would give to us the knowledge, the revelatory knowledge of this union of the Father and the Son and the Son and the Father and how we are connected in that place. I pray, God, today that it would permeate our mind and our spirit, that our heart would come alive in this place, God. What a perfect plan that you had to bring us home and that you prepared a place for us. So this morning, God, I ask for this, and I ask, God, that you would ignite us in fire, that we would feel... Fill the fullness, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up to overflowing today, God. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, release your fire, the fire of your presence. That the sound, the sound that's never been heard before, the things that have never been seen before in the earth would come. That the door, the door is open. It is open. And you made a way for this generation to enter in to the greatest signs, the greatest wonders, the greatest testimonies. Holy Spirit, fill us up. 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 Come. Come, come.